um, just out loud, would you prefer, when I ask the question, as soon as the question is done, I'm going to give you option A or B, and then just answer it, okay? Would you prefer to be someone, if you shoot at the target, would you to be prefer to be someone that almost missed or almost hit the target? So, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I, would prefer, I would prefer to almost miss, but then it's a hit. But if we almost hit, then it's a miss, and then it is a miss. And that is how, and, and today, I really want to expose the enemy. Um, because if for him it's not about you, if we need to find true north, it's not for him about getting you to walk south. It's just to get you slightly off north. Then you miss. And that is it. That's for, for him, that is all. If he gets you to go south, awesome. That's better for him. A lot better. But if he can just make you miss the target by a little, it's miss. If, if I take a hundred rand bill now and you ask me, is this the real thing, I'm not really sure what to look at. I've got more or less an idea, but I'm not really sure what to look at. Um, there's a few stuff that can tell you if this is the true thing or if it's false, and if it's a false 100 rand note, it's worth absolutely nothing. It's that piece of paper. It's worth nothing. And that's what the enemy does. He comes and he can't make, make something new, make new things. He can just do the counterfeit. Um, so he won't come and make a fake 90 rand note because you'll see, I don't know, that's worth nothing. But the thing is, he just takes something and he sells half-truths. And if you would look at his CV, you would see that he is the best salesman around when it comes to half-truths. He can sell a half-truth like no one's business. He can... If, if there's someone that knows how to make something look real and for us to take it as something that's real, that is him. Um, but where I want to expose a lie today and show the truth is on the following um, concept today. Could you maybe show the first slide, please? I don't know if you guys noticed lately that there's quite a, an increase in depression and anxiety and people not feeling worthy, um, people feeling like that orphan heart syndrome and stuff. There's, in this age we are living in, we see suicides and stuff like that. And the thing is, all of us, actually we've got this sense inside of us that we desire three things, basically. Um, if you can go to the next slide. We all have a sense that we want to belong somewhere. We all want to have value, and we all want to have purpose. That is actually something that you really want. And if you think about it, the more you think about it, the more you realize that is actually true. That's something that I want. Um, when it comes to belonging, you, I don't know if you ever experienced it. Maybe you've never experienced it in your life, and it's just something I've experienced. But sometimes when you get to a group of people, especially when you were at school and stuff, you can feel, I'm not welcome here. And, like, I know small girls, they, they, are, they will show you, you do not belong here. Yeah? Um, 
they've got this clicks and stuff. And you don't, not like the pharmacy, they've got clicks <laughs> where you can feel I'm not part of this group. So we actually, and this is where the fear comes in. I think this is the next slide, maybe. Let's see. Um, I can't see there. <laughs> yeah, great, it is. Um, this is where fear comes in. We are so afraid not to belong that we will conform to belong. The thing is, if I get to a group of people, okay, say for instance, this is like a biker's group, and you don't have a bike, uh, it's gonna be, you can't come there with your scooter, and I wanna join. Now you're actually gonna need a bike and a black leather jacket, then you can join us. Um, so there's something you're gonna need to join, you have to conform. Um, and in life, we've got these groups of people, I, I just wanna belong, so now, what is the thing you guys do? Okay, now we swear a lot. They don't say it, they just do it, and you're like, Okay, I'm going to conform to their customs so that I can belong here. I would rather conform than not belong. I would rather start smoking if this is what they do so that I can belong because I've got this fear of not belonging somewhere. It's exactly the same for our values. Uh, um, to feel valuable, we are so afraid to feel that we have no worth that we would rather go and put the price tag on ourselves to feel that I'm worth something. So in this new day and age, we can see, you can Google anyone's net worth. Oh man, you can go net worth of this guy, you can, you can see, and we all have this picture in our head. The world, the, the enemy came and he told us that just put your own price tag on yourself, the house that you stay in, the car that you drive, the clothes that you wear, and that will increase your value, your worth. And now you can feel better about yourself. And now all of a sudden I've got worth gain. So, and then purpose. We all want to get up in the morning and feel like, okay, I've actually I've got something to do. Um, I have to do something. I have to contribute somewhere. Um, so what we do is we are so confused on what our purpose really is that we just get busy with stuff. And I get busy because when I'm busy, it's most equal to my purpose. Um, so, and if we had to make an acronym of the word busy, B-U-S-Y, we could say, it's like being under Satan's yoke. It is like, if he keeps us busy, if he keeps us busy with things of this world, then we might think we have a purpose, and then we miss the target again. So, if you can ask people, hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm so busy. You're, I'm so busy, man. This is going on, and this is going on, and I can't say that I haven't done that like two million times before. Um, so that's the thing, and if he gets us to miss where we belong, what our value is, and what our purpose is, we are missing the target, and he's happy, and he's happy. So today, I actually just want to reset and bring that truth in on where we belong, what our value is, and what our purpose is. Um, if you can maybe go to the next slide, and we're just going to keep it there for now. Um, for us, we all heard people saying, you're a child of God, right? We've all heard that, and we belong to God. And that was something, and I know, I know people struggling with it, and that's also something that I've struggled with, knowing that I'm a child of God, 
and to accept that, that accept that I am firstly and foremost, I'm a child of, of God. And Quirtin, if you maybe could come here, I just, please. <laughs> so this is Quirtin and this is his son, Miles. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know, but I just want to actually just to take a snapshot of this. So if Miles begins to cry, then it's fine. Just <laughs> I want you to have this picture in mind. So a baby, especially from birth to about three months, they do cry quite a lot when you want to sleep. They have to feed like always, 24-7. They, sorry for this, they poop. And yes, sometimes it may have like a, a cute sound to it, but what follows is not that cute. So, but the thing is, there's not much, especially in the first few months that Miles did, that could make Quirtin love him. But Quirtin shared something the other day, and he said, I can't understand this. It's like God revealed something of him to me when I became a father. I just love this young man so much. I just love him so dearly. Um, there's nothing, even if he cries, even whatever, there's nothing he can do that can make me just love him more. I love him so much. I can't even understand it. It was so beautiful to me. And that's the same for us with God. He just loves us. We are His children. There's nothing we can do to make Him. We cry. We wet ourselves. We, 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 we make a mess, but He loves us. And that's just something that we need to accept and believe for us to know where we belong. That is just something we have to know. And I want to confirm that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Miles. <laughs> um, and I would like just to ground that and to confirm that with three scriptures. Um, so before I read the first scripture, um, I want you guys just to say out loud, remember the enemy does not want you to say this, and he especially does not want you to believe this. Remember, he wants you to believe that you belong to the groups of this world, okay? So he doesn't want you to say the following now, and especially doesn't want you to believe it. I want you guys to say, I'm his child. And I want you to say it again, please. Okay. Now, Romans 8, 14 reads, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We believe that we are Spirit-led people. We are led by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are children of God. So, I want you guys, I'm going to ask you guys to say it again. But now, I want you to emphasize. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're still going to answer, I'm his child. But I want you to emphasize the I'm part. So, I'm going to ask you, Who's his child? Who's his child? Oh. Now, 2 Corinthians 6, 18. This is so beautiful. So, where God speaks and he says, 
I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father for you. Um, so I'm going to ask you again. Now I'm going to ask you, whose child are you? Oh, yes. Now, Galatians 4 verse 7. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. So we are children. So I'm going to ask you guys, and you're going to answer the same question. What are you? Yes. That is something I want us to take and to believe. I'm his child, and I belong to him, and that is where I belong. And that is something I want you to pray about. I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit will come and reveal that truth to you so that you will not buy the lies of the enemy that we belong to this world. We are in this world. We are not from this world. That is something we have to know and we have to believe. So, <laughs> if regarding our, our value, so like Miles would grow up to know that Gurdjieff is his father, we should know God is our father and we are his children. But when it comes to our value, that can be confusing sometimes, what we are actually worth. So, I want to ask you a question, Gurdjieff. Now, say, for instance, one day in, Enrico gives you a call. And he's like, listen, Gurdjieff, I think Miles is such a cute baby. He isn't maybe for sale, is he? And then, but if he, even if he tries so hard to convince you, and he's like, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you 100,000 rand right now if we can have him. Okay, just for interest's sake, for if there's anyone that is interested in miles, what is his going rate? What's his price now? <laughs> he's not for sale. <laughs> it's just like he's not for sale. There's no amount of money in the world that you could give Quirtin and get Miles. So sorry, guys. Is after, we'll ask Aya maybe sometime about James, but <laughs> I guess it's going to be the same answer. But now say, for instance, it would happen that Miles would get kidnapped. I guess that Quirtin will go to the ends of the earth to find him. With everything inside of him, he'll fight to find Miles. Now, this is where the acting is going to start. Now, Quirtin, if you could maybe come and sit over here, please. <laughs> I'm thinking now we should have rehearsed this. <laughs> Okay, so Miles has been kidnapped for years now. And Quirtin is fighting and fighting to know where Miles is. He wants to get him back. One day, the phone rings, and it's the kidnappers. And they tell him, listen, we've got Miles. 
We've been enslaving him on an island. <laughs> it looks like we've been rehearsing this. It's amazing. We've been enslaving him on an island for years. He's been working for us. We've been enslaving him, but we've got a ransom that you can pay to get him back, if you like. And Quirtzen is like, okay, definitely. What, what is the price? What are you asking? I can, I'll pay anything. And um, Dean, if you would be so kind as to be big miles now. <laughs> so Miles is working over here. He's like working and they are, <laughs> they are beating him. They are hurting him. <laughs> Miles is being abused and punished. He's going through agony where he is. The kidnappers tell Kurtzen, the amount that we want for miles is 900 million, billion, gazillion dollars for you to get him back. And Kurtzen does everything to get that money to pay the ransom. Now, let's see, ah, phew, if you would be so kind, please. Now Quirtin tells few, few. <laughs> Listen, my son have been enslaved on an island. I've paid the ransom. I want you to go and get him. I want you to go and tell him that I've paid the price for him and bring him to me. And on your way that you bringing him to me, I want you to help him. I want you to treat his wounds. I want you to tell him about me, how much I love him, how much I cared for him, how much I longed for him. So please go to my son. Go tell him that I've paid the ransom. And off goes the messenger. <laughs> and the messenger gets to Miles and he tells him, listen, you can take off the, sha the, the chains, throw off the chains. You know what? You've been the, the change, <laughs> change. <laughs> you don't even know it, but you've been enslaved all your life. I want to take you back to your father's house. And on the way there, he tells him about his father. He brings him to his father. <laughs> And why don't you? Theo said, "Let's from noch means that I can all." So, and now Miles is so awestruck at what his father just done, and at his father's awesomeness and his beauty, and he just wants to spend time with him, and he's like, "Oh, Dad, it's such." an honor, such a privilege to be in your house. I just want to spend so much time in your house. I just want to be in your house all the days of my life. I don't want to go back to that place. I just want to gaze upon your beauty, spend time with you, get to know you more and more and more. And I don't know if you guys, I guess you've made the connection about the story. 
where God, or let me just interrupt myself quickly. In Romans 6, it says, we are slaves of sin. And the wages of sin is death. So they would have just killed Miles when they were done with him. So we are slaves of sin. But the price that needed to be paid, the ransom, was not a million, billion, gazillion dollars. It was the price of Jesus Christ being crucified. And sometimes we don't realize that, you know, the word crucifixion comes from, the, or, or the word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion. It is the most painful, the most humiliating death that someone can go through. And maybe someday we can preach on the crucifixion just to try and even grasp what Jesus went through and to grasp what God went through to give us his one and only son, John 3.16, to be, become a human being just like us, 100% human, to go through that so that the ransom could have been paid for us. So now Miles have got this price tag on him of 900 million billion gazillion dollars, and he's going to walk, walk, walk around with that. Like, look what I'm worth. Look what my father paid for me. So how in this world can we ever feel that we have no value? We are walking around with the price tag of all price tags. But the enemy wants to come and stick another price tag over that that says Oakley and Big House and Carl. What? We've got the price tag of all price tags. That's how valuable we are. So we have to know that we belong to God. We are God's children. As Miles know that, knows that he's Quirtzen's child, firstly and foremost, we should know that. We should know the price tag we've got on us. That is the value that we have. But now, I just want to see that I don't miss anything there. <laughs> so, now Miles spending so much, he's spending so much time with his father. And this is just where he wants to be. Because being in his presence is just so amazing. And he's like, Dad, I can just always be in your presence. I just want to be in your presence. And, and now, because he loves him so much, there's a desire stirring in his heart saying, Dad, what do you want for me? What is your ultimate, what is your ultimate desire for me? And Quirtzen tells Miles, I want you to love me above anything else. And I want you to love your neighbor, your brother and your sister, like you love yourself. And Miles takes, takes that to heart. And then he says, but dad, do you have a purpose for me? What is your purpose for me? What should I do every day? And this is where Quirtzen shares something with Miles that is a bit not so easy to hear. But he tells him, Listen, my son, I've got a huge mission for you. I want you to go back into that place where you've been enslaved, and I want you to go and tell all the other slaves that I've also paid the ransom for them because I want to bring them back. I want to adopt them into our family so that they can be my children and that they can be your brothers and sisters. And Miles is like, 
shot, Dad. That is a huge task. How can I go back to that place? It is an awful place. I don't think I can do it. How will I be able to do it? And obviously, Quirtin, being an awesome guy, said, I've, I've already thought about that. I'm not going to send you back alone. I'm going to send a helper with you. One that is like me. And he calls his helper. Very nice guy. Yes. <laughs> he introduces him to the helper. And he says, listen, there's going to be your helper. One little secret about your helper. The slaves will not be able to see him. Not just when he's standing behind the chair. Just not here. They won't. <laughs> I can make that joke because it's relevant to me as well. <laughs> he will be invisible to the slaves. But listen carefully. He knows the ways. I want you to follow me exactly. I want you to follow in his footsteps. I want you to listen to him. I want you to look at him all times. When he goes left, you go left. When he goes right, you go right. When he stops, you stop. Sometimes on your way there, remember, you don't belong there. You belong here. I'm going to send you in there. You're not from there. You're from here now. But I'm going to send you back in there. And yes, you're going to have to pitch a tent every now and again. You have to work along the way to get something to eat. But that is not your mission. Your mission is go out and tell the slaves that the price has been paid so that they can come back. And he agrees. And off they go. But uh, we just need more slaves. <laughs> Peter, okay. and, and off they go on their mission. Miles, obviously, following his helper step by step. Like us, never missing a step. Oh, and now they need, sometimes he says, we need to go here. We need to be still here. Now they need to work. He needs to get something to eat for a bit. He needs to work here, but not, not too long. <laughs> and what is so important is that miles do not get distracted because he's in, in enemy, enemy territory now. <laughs> sometimes miles would Instead of pitching a tent, he would start building a house at a place. And his helper would come and say, no, no, no. We are not here to build houses. We are not here to work hard to make money. We are on a mission. So uh, break down and follow me on your mission. And then when he gets to the slaves, the temptation can be that Miles would love to use his own words to tell the slave the truth. But his father told him, listen to the helper's voice. He will tell you what to say. He will touch the slave's heart. He will make it soft. You just need to use the words you hear the helper say because I will talk through him. And then one of, one of two things is going to happen. Remember, the slaves have been slaves all their lives. They're all of their lives, sometimes people, they don't even know they're slaves, and they won't take the truth. They won't take this amazing news that, listen, you are actually a slave. There's so much better for you. 
they won't realize it. They think this is it. This is what life is all about. But if they take that truth, if they accept the ransom that's been paid for them, if they throw off their chains, they can be taken back. Miles just got a new brother. And he takes him back. And on his way there, he tells him about his father. He helps him to treat his wounds. And he brings him into his father's house. His father adopts him. (laughs) And now Miles has got a brother. And (laughs) obviously you could see Hopefully, you can see the (laughs) resemblance of us having to, not the resemblance, there's a resemblance. (laughs) I actually thought about using Dean as Miles because of the resemblance. They've both got like two ears and two eyes. (laughs) (laughs) But, and that is how we should, we've got a purpose, and our purpose is in... um, Matthew 28, 18. Uh, it says, or 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is our big mission. Our mission is to get there, but on our way, man, do we get distracted. We start to build houses and not, we're not pitching tents. We, we start to zone in here. We start to work so hard to make money, to live, that we are completely off mission. Um, and the big thing is, that is our big mission and that is our big purpose. When we look at purpose, that is our purpose that we have. We can't get up in the morning and think that we do not have a purpose. We have a purpose. If we are busy, that does not mean that we are busy fulfilling our purpose. That can just be the contrary. But, and I actually want to end off with with this last section because I always thought, you know, we know that, so we all know Paul was like the Holy Spirit in this example. We are filled with exactly the same spirit that filled Jesus when he walked on, on the earth. And we might even know that. We, we do know that, actually, because we heard it so many times. And I always thought that, how can it be that I'm filled with exactly the sa- same spirit, but I can't let the blind see? I can't... what. What am I missing? What am I missing? Can you maybe go to that Matthew 17? Um, yeah, this was after the disciples asked Jesus, but why couldn't we cast out that demon? And he replied and he said, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move Nothing will be impossible for you. If, you, if we need to, to trust someone, we need to know them. We need to know someone to know what they are capable of. If, I, if, if Quirton wants to 
let someone take care of Miles for the weekend, he needs to know that person before he's going to trust. He's not just going to give Miles to a random person, especially not Enrique now. But <laughs> he's going to give Miles to someone that he knows he can trust him with. And it's exactly the same for us. Jesus knew. I want to, is Adams here? Adams, if you could maybe come. So just in this illustration, Adams is going to be Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said he does nothing without his father's say-so. Every word he speaks, everything he does, every move he makes is when he hears his father's voice telling him to do that. He is so tuned in to his father's voice. So if you could maybe just follow Paul around, please, Adams. So where Paul goes, Adams goes. Where, and that is, that is the image as they move around. As they move around, he follows him 100%. He stops when he stops. He moves when he moves. He goes right when he goes right. He goes left when he... 100%. Not when it's convenient for him. Every single time. And I thought, what is the big difference between us and Jesus? What is the thing that we've got the same Holy Spirit in us that will enable us, make us capable to go out and do our mission, we've got that same Holy Spirit, but the fruit is not always the same. The result is not always the same. And three, three things came to mind for me. The first thing is, Jesus knew his Father's voice exactly, like precisely. He knew his voice. You all know, what do they call um, impersonators? People that impersonate another person's voice, um, like comedians and, and stuff like that. Sometimes it's so close, it's hard to distinguish. But if you really need to distinguish it, you really need to know the voice of the actual person. Because that's where the enemy comes and, and he impersonates the voice of God. But he was never able to confuse Jesus. Because Jesus knew his father's voice so clearly. The word says, my sheep hear my voice. They know God's voice. Jesus knew his father's voice. Why? Because he conversed with him so much. From the beginning of time, daily, he spoke to the Lord and the Lord spoke to him. God, the father, spoke to Jesus. And we want to hear God's voice, but am I really conversing with him that much? Am I talking with him that much that I can really know his voice? That when the impersonator comes, you know, the the best salesman around when it comes to half-truths, can I distinguish? The second thing is, Jesus was completely without sin, absolutely holy. If you can maybe go to that scripture in Hebrews 12, yeah. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy without holiness no one will see the Lord. Now, the NLT says those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And when I read that, that is something that is quite profound for me. I actually want to see the Lord, so therefore I need to be holy. And to try and get a 
to grasp that. Sometimes, unfortunately, Miles here is not wearing glasses now, but say, for instance, he was wearing glasses. We all wear glasses, the filters we look through every day. If his glasses were so dirty and there was just a lot of stuff on, on the glasses, he would not be able to see where the helper leads him. Sin makes our glasses dirty. It clogs up our ears so we can't hear. If we are holy, our ears are clean. You get dirty, you get clean, and you get holy. If we work at living holy lives, we are cleaning up our glasses. We are cleaning out our ears so that we can hear, so that we can walk exactly in the will of God. There's nothing good for us outside of the will of God. Nothing. And that's the thing about striving to, to work towards holiness. Not to be confused by saved by good works. It's not that at all. Work towards holiness so that I can see better, so that I can hear better. Our, our scripture that we always use is physical training is of some value, but training for godliness, training for holiness is much better for it holds a promise in this life and in the life to come. And the promise is that we will hear and see him clearer and clearer. So that's the second thing. First thing, God knew his father's voice. Second thing, he lived a holy life. And the third thing is he absolutely, um, well, he absolutely believed in the Holy Spirit. He believed and trusted the Holy Spirit. He believed in what the Spirit is capable of because he saw the Spirit move from the beginning of time, creating, setting in place everything, so all the wonders and miracles that the Holy Spirit had done. He, he knew what the Holy Spirit is capable of. Like Jesus said in Matthew 17, if you only could believe, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, if we knew what the Spirit of God is capable of, of inside of us, oh my goodness, we can tell this mountain, pick yourself up, put yourself down there. So, and to have more faith, we have to spend more time, more time, looking upon what the Holy Spirit is doing, recognizing the Holy Spirit when He moves, giving Him the honor, and believing in what we are capable of because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. So just to end off with, we belong to God. I want you guys to say, I belong to God. And that is something I want us this week to think about, to meditate on it, and to believe that, like Miles belongs to Quirton. My value is the blood of Jesus. That's my worth. That's my price tag. Nothing in this world, nothing in this world can put a price tag on me. So don't let anyone ever put a price tag on you. I just want to quickly jump back to the belonging part. We belong to God. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. So never out of a fear to belong should we conform to belong. We belong to God. Don't let anything in this world let you conform. And then the third thing is our purpose is to go out to make disciples, to teach them about Jesus, to tell them about the love of their Father, 
to show him the ways and to teach them to obey what he tells us to do. That is our mission every day. We are on that mission. We're going to be distracted, but let's keep our mission, our purpose in mind. And we are capable. Why? Because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we want to move like Jesus moved, we need to know God's voice. We need to converse with him. We need to work at living holy lives to see and hear him better. And we need to trust in the Holy Spirit. We need to have faith in the Spirit that is inside of us. So I want you guys, if you just close your eyes, please. And I want to ask you, before I pray for us, I want to ask you guys, if you are sitting here and you feel that the enemy maybe saw a few lies to you, that you were looking for, your, for the place that you belong in things of this world, in groups of this world, but you want to believe and you want to trust that you belong to God, you want that to become a reality for you, just where you are, just raise your hand so that I can, so we can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And if you maybe feel that you've been putting a price tag on yourself and looking for your value and your worth in things of this world, but you want to believe and trust that your value is the blood of Jesus, that's what's on your price tag, I want you to raise your hand as well, please. Thank you, guys. And if you maybe feel that you've been missing your purpose You've been busy on the way to your mission, that you've been distracted and you got so busy with things of this world. But you want to go back to your mission. You want to fight for God. You want to fight for those that are, that are enslaved by sin. I want you to raise your hand. Yes. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. God, thank you so much for the price that you've paid for us, Lord. Lord, I want to pray today that we will really believe that we are your children first and foremost, Lord, that there is nothing, nothing else, no place else that we belong. I want to pray that each person here would believe that wholeheartedly, Lord.